Every Arizona homeowner's best friend for 30 years. And it all has to do with you. Thanks for tuning in. It's Rosie on the House. Good morning, y'all. Well, I'm riding we have a pretty morning for that. Singing the same old cowboy song that's been sung a hundred times before. Here, let me throw the doors wide open and invite you into my house. Rosie on the house. I'm happy and I'm free. Just listen to the wind. Ah, what a great way to start a Saturday morning. Huh? We are your weekend wake-up call, your weekend happy place. Come on in, sit down, let's talk for a little while. We are absolutely going to have a fantastic show today. It is packed to the rafters with information. And I think I'm about, Romy officially to declare 2017-18 was the year winter missed us. Well, 2017-18. Right? Yeah. I think that's the year winter missed us. Now, I will tell you. And the we ski missed winter. And we missed winter. Yes, we did. We did. Uh, the ski resorts are open. Snowball does have runs open. Sunrise looks like on the web page I'm looking at here, they're about half open. Uh, Snowball's celebrating their 80th anniversary. And if you'll go to their website and click on 80th anniversary events, there is a slideshow there of the history of skiers on that mountain. And I mean, it is, it is hilarious. I haven't and, seen it. Are they skiing in sweaters like Stein Erickson used to? With them? Oh, and big old leather lace-up boots and uh-huh. cable bindings and, you know, baggy pants. and The skis just, were hand-carved wood planks. Yeah, I mean, just like what I learned on. <laughs> it looks like there's like a, a U of A ski team. Everybody has a U of A sweater on. So I don't know what that's about, but it's hilarious. Some great, great pictures of 80th anniversary. Uh, Snowball will be celebrating that in two weekends, so... That's kind of fun. Uh, Santa Claus gave our grandkids a couple days of ski instructions, so we're going to try and run up there here sometime between now and then and take advantage of that and get the kids orientated to the sticks, get them going young, right? A lot early. It's an easy sport to learn when you're four and five and six. You don't have so far to fall. (laughs) You bounce right back up. So the winter that missed us. And I, I know a lot of people that have a lot of high, high anxiety about what trend that may be showing or not. I was reading in an Arizona Highways article on the website, the warmest winter we ever had with the least amount of rain was 700 years ago. Hmm. And I don't think there was... Any oh. Ford Mustangs running down the road causing the problem. So I'm I'm not making a call one way or another. I'm I'm I just know so many people are so wrapped up and worried about this situation. Hey, weather patterns change, you know. It the pendulum swings. Usually that means a cold winter's coming next. So I hope if 
if it missed us this year, it's coming in the next year or two. We're going to have another freeze like we did. What was that, about 13, 12, yeah, 13? Yeah, it was about five, six years ago. We had, we had like three years in a row with severe freezing. Yeah. So. It's kind of fun. I do, I do miss winter, though. I really do. You know, I was at a presentation for Habitat for Humanity that was with the ASU School of Sustainability. And the international president and CEO of Habitat was speaking. And I learned all kinds of new words. Enlightenness. Yeah, now y'all know what a NIMBY is, right? Uh, no, tell us. <laughs> That's somebody that does, it's an acronym, not in my backyard. Hmm. So they don't want the Walmart in their backyard. They don't want the power line, the major power line transmission lines built in their backyard. Aren't you know, we all NIMBYs? Uh, yeah, we are. We are, depending on, on what we're talking about. But I learned a new word. I always, I, I've known a NIMBY for a long time, but there's a new word. Hmm. Banana. Okay. That's a new word. <laughs> it's a, a new a, acronym. It's a new acronym. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Build absolutely nothing anywhere near anything. <laughs> a step beyond the NIMBY. <laughs> That's a step beyond the NIMBY. Uh, he talked about energy poverty uh, in those areas that most need it, where the, where the weather is the most severe, tends to be on the globe where they're in need of more, they have the hardest time of acquiring the amount of energy that they need. That's interesting. So, energy poverty. How about community carbon banking? Meaning? I'm not sure. <laughs> you heard the talk and you're still not sure. It, it, it has to do with areas that produce carbon maybe in this neighborhood and in the next neighborhood, goes overboard with green foliage. So it's kind of a esoteric term. How about the incredible devil's choice? I thought that was good. Kind of like the, you, you've got to make a really hard choice. There is, there, there's a bad choice and a worse choice, but you got to make one of them. So it, mm -hmm. it's the incredible devil's choice. How about global rapid urbanization? The statistics he ran through discussing and talking about the migration of people across the globe that are moving from rural settings to cities and the overloading and the stressing that this is doing on the infrastructure of the cities was absolutely incredible. How about toxicity of economic segregation? And he feels like this is intensifying more and more and more, that we're having an increasing separation of the haves and the have-nots. And so Habitat yeah, would really have their finger on that. They would, they would know that better than anybody. They would. They would. So the, the world's largest home builder, Habitat for Humanity, uh, did a really nice presentation down at the ASU School of Sustainability. It was at the Tempe Center for the Arts right on Rio Salada. Mm -hmm. Have you ever been inside that building? Have not. We'll have to find some event that's going on there. That is an incredible building. Notice he knew better than to ask me if I'd been in there. <laughs> <laughs> Romy, you've been in there? Well, I don't know. Just babe. the arena. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. keep Romy in the arena. Yeah. So anyway, he, one, one of his quotes was, the poor don't need charity. They need capital. I thought that was interesting. I saw a book. Uh, Wall Street Journal was reviewing a book um, Capital, 
the capital free capitalism or something like that that capitalism is being driven by less and less actual physical capital things it's more ideas that are driving well like does it tie into bitcoin digital. somehow yeah it does <laughs> it really does it does how about this the poor don't need caseworkers they need co-workers love that that kind of goes with their we're not a hand out or a hand up. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Kind Very of their long-standing so. tradition of, of what they do. So, An incredible organization. If uh, people ask me all the time, where can I go and learn how to you know, run wires, mount J-boxes, J hang doors, paint, hang sheetrock? And, and they want some kind of little environment where they can go learn it. I'll tell you, volunteering for Habitat is an absolute excellent way to do it because you're going to be there with a bunch of other volunteers. You're going to be there under the guiding tutelage of someone experienced in that particular trade. So you'll be learning something with your hands, and you'll also be creating something for someone that will absolutely make an impact. The reports and the statistics he was talking about as it related to what, how much it it exponentially increases a child's future chance for success to be in a stable, comfortable home in a stable, safe neighborhood. I mean, you, you, you say, duh, but his statistics for that were absolutely incredible. So really, really, really enjoyed the presentation. I appreciated the Habitat people inviting us. It was Jonathan Reckford, the international president and CEO of Habitat for Humanity. So learned all kind of four-syllable new words. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Well, what else is going on around the state? We've got our little... Romeo's running through a list of all the things going on, Romeo. We've got a super guest joining us in studio next segment, Robert McMullen McMullen from uh, Pink Jeep Tours. And we're going to have all of you visually crawl into a pink jeep and he's going to take us through some of his favorite routes so that'll be a blast it's one of those things <clears throat> i have never done a jeep tour have you yeah we did with carol we loved here. It. yeah it was fantastic. I, i'm sure i would too it's like one of those things people live in arizona and they've never been to the grand canyon i live in arizona i've never been on a jeep tour now i can't tell you how many times i've been on the horse and buggy rides in new orleans <laughs> around you know <laughs> bourbon right. street and the french quarter and that's a great entertaining time but well i'll go on a Jeep tour in my own backyard? Or just history. take my own tour. But yeah. the I never wanted to do it because I thought, well, they can't take me any place I haven't ever been. But the driver and the content and the material, the information they share with you is so rich. Yeah, he, we're That's gonna, what I would like. We're, we're going to get into that here. but We'll look forward to that. So if you're not taking a Jeep tour this weekend, there's also the air fair going on out at Buckeye uh, Airport, the air show. Next weekend, uh, we Wickenburg is overrun by Gold Rush. Fun. That's uh, it's now in its seventieth annual uh, event. They <clears throat> we were saw some numbers, and it seemed like about fifty thousand people, if our memory served us right, <laughs> passed through the town on that weekend. Which I've taken cloggers up there for ten years <laughs> in a row. It's fun. It is. It starts on Thursday. You can find those events at rosieonthehouse.com in the events tab. We'll also be next month at the Tucson Book Festival. That is March 10th. And then a little later in April is the flag show. So it's spring is upon us, and that's the <clears throat> traditionally the Rosie on the House Road Show at that point. So 
You can always find when and where we'll be in our events tab at rosieonthehouse.com. And welcome back to Rosie on the House on this beautiful Saturday morning. We're, as promised, we're bringing in a special guest from the Sedona area. You're all familiar with the operation he works for. It's the famous, world-famous Pink Jeep Tours. We've got Rob McMullen in this morning, and he's the content manager. So if you've ever taken one of those tours, and the guides talk you through how we're at the we're at the vortex of four different deserts all converging here in this one area. It's just one of the many things that make this place special. Rob's the one that researches all that material and gives them the material to deliver. We've taken a tour, Jennifer and I, and I, I knew we'd see some pretty stuff. I've, I've taken a Jeep quite a bit over a lot of that country, and I hardly looked out the window. I just talked to the guide the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> it adds a whole new dimension rather than just looking out, but just to think about when, uh, what went on before us. Oh, absolutely. So let me introduce y'all to Rob McMullen. He's the content manager uh, at Pink Jeep Tours. Rob, welcome. Thanks a million for joining us in studio this morning. Thank you. Good morning, Rosie. Good morning, Jennifer. Hey, tell us a little. I've, I've been in, in Arizona since about 65. How long has Pink Jeep been up there running tours? Pink Jeep has been in operation since about 1960, Rosie. That's it's, awesome. Uh, it started uh, back in the 50s, late 50s, early 60s, by a man named Don Pratt. And uh, he was a real estate developer here in the Sedona area. And uh, just uh, he, he got a hold of a World War II-era Willys <laughs> Jeep, fell in love with it, started taking friends around in that thing, and ended up starting the company. That's awesome. How many Jeeps do y'all run right now? Oh, gosh. Uh, right now, there are about 100 vehicles in our fleet. <laughs> wow. And that's all just in the Sedona area? And uh, Most of those are in the Sedona area. We also offer tours at the Grand Canyon and in Las Vegas. Mm. Those, that includes a little bit of those locations as well. Well, let's share with the listeners what they would see. What What are their options if they would book a route in the Sedona area? Gosh, you know, there's there's so many uh, different routes that we offer, and they're all beautiful. Uh, you know, we joke, people say, well, make sure it's scenic. <laughs> and uh, we no kind of laugh to ourselves. <laughs> well, you know, uh, they're all scenic. Uh, but, but we offer a range of things. You can get into some fun uh, four-wheel drive, off-roading stuff, some rock crawling uh, over the Red Rocks themselves. Uh, we have some historic tours. We have scenic tours. Uh, we even do a, a day trip to the Grand Canyon from Sedona for people who are interested in that. And what does that day trip to the canyon look like? What y'all? You don't take a CJ5 up there, do you? <laughs> we, <laughs> Open we air. Could, but <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah though, they're not real great on the uh, on the uh, interstate. Um, we have uh, luxury vans uh, that we use for that trip and. It starts out, of course, heading up through Oak Creek Canyon, uh, which is sure. one of the most scenic uh, stretches of road in the United States. It's always included on those top ten lists of scenic roads. Absolutely. Um, we, we head up to the canyon and uh, share with people, obviously, this incredible natural resource that we have here in the state of Arizona. Now, is that a high-lift luxury van, and how far down Bright Angel Trail do you take them? <laughs> 
Um, we'd love to do that. <laughs> yeah, believe yes. me. Yes, wouldn't that be great? Yes. All right, so that day trip literally leaves Sedona at what time, and y'all would return to Sedona about what time? Uh, it leaves about 7.30 a.m. in the morning. We actually have two. We have a, a Grand Canyon Express and a Grand Canyon Premier. The Express gets back a little bit earlier in the afternoon, and that's for folks who might have uh, other plans in the early evening or something, and, and they, just, they really just want a taste of the Grand Canyon. They know they're close. They want to see it. Um, and that's, uh, so that's a little bit shorter. Uh, the Grand Canyon premiere, that's the full day trip. And that returns, uh, 530, about 530 to the Sedona area. And uh, that's a, a little bit more in-depth experience of the Grand Canyon. And that runs year round? It does. It okay. does. Weather permitting, you know, uh, Roads the south open. rim of the yeah. Grand Canyon is at about 7,000 feet above sea level. A lot of people don't know that. So the, the weather conditions up there can... Uh, can change in a hurry. So we pay attention to that. And uh, But, yeah, it is offered year-round. Well, I've never seen the Grand Canyon present its ugly face, but I'll tell you <laughs> what, under a fresh layer of about four inches of snow, it just doesn't get any more beautiful than that. That's true. Y'all, it's and- true, and, and there's a unique phenomenon that we see sometimes called a cloud inversion, and that's where... Uh, the clouds actually form below you in the base of the Grand Canyon. That's another really beautiful thing that you can see sometimes in the winter. All right, Rob, you've got to set me straight because I pronounce it both ways. And every time I pronounce it, no matter which way I pronounce it, someone corrects me. Is it Mather Point or Mather Point? Hmm, I've always heard it Mather. Point. I have too. Stephen Mather, it's named after him. People just like to correct Rosie. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, that, maybe that's the case. They're always trying to catch him. Yeah. Okay. Mather Point, one of the most beautiful. Uh, you walk in our living room, and there's a Kurt Williams uh, big old oil painting of Mather Point. And I think about it all year long as one of my conditioning points for the Memorial Day rim to rim I take every year. I just look at that and say, okay, you guys stay in shape to make that. We're here talking this morning with Rob McMullen. He is the content manager of Pink Jeep Tours in Sedona. And we get back, we're going to talk more. We've talked the Grand Canyon trip. Well, that's only one of the trips. There are multiple options for you to just absorb the beautiful scenery in and around Sedona in a Pink Jeep with a great story. And welcome back to Rosie on the House. Join us as we take a ride through the beautiful Red Rock country of Sedona in a Peak Jeep Tour with Rob McMullen, their content manager, who's joining us here in studio this morning. Rob, talk us through, we've talked through the Grand Canyon Tour. Talk us through some of the other routes you have. What are the most popular? Can we start with that Ancient Ruins Tour? We actually got to do that when it was pretty fabulous. Sure. Yeah, the the Ancient Ruins Tour, that is a, a popular tour where we visit the Honanke Heritage Site. Uh, that is about a 700-year-old cliff dwelling, and uh, we take our guests right up to the, up to the walls and, and through that structure, uh, talk a little bit about the history of it and the history of the Verde Valley and how all of that came together. Um, we're real proud of that site. Uh, we partnered with several organizations to get that site protected by the federal government. So that, that has a... a we're proud of that, and that has a special um, preservation element to it out there as well. 
That, that's um, one of the closest. What, I, that's about the closest I've been to a, a public ruin where you could get up to it. That's, it's just fabulous. You just walk right up to it and can kind of envision what it was like, you know. Back yeah, I mean, you're right up. You're right, you're right up to the stones that were hand laid 700 years ago. You're right in the ruin. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, you're right there, and um, you, you might remember uh, there's a lot of rock art there as well. There's over 1,500 examples of rock art, petroglyphs, and pictographs. Uh, it's thought that some of them are actually even thousands of years old. Uh, they think that site may have been used uh, by people for a very, very long time. And, you know, my favorite part of that tour is that it's a, it's a riddle. It's a puzzle, and I always come out of there with more questions than answers. And, and to me, that's a lot of fun to just you know, go over what we do know, what we don't know, and just reflect on uh, what it might have been like to live here 700, 800 years ago or more. Yeah, the inquiring mind wants to know, did, did they water. do yoga and do <laughs> vortex facial scrubs? You know? I think more about where their water came from and their food. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know about the yoga. There's some <laughs> theories about uh, where the water might have come from. They do think the Verde Valley was uh, was more wet in uh, in ancient times, that it's slowly drying out. And, of course, if you live anywhere in Arizona, that wouldn't come as a surprise. So that's the ancient ruin tour. What was the name of the site? The Honanki Heritage Site. Uh, Honanki means House of the Badger. Cool. All right, so and that loop would take someone about how long? That entire tour is about three hours. It starts with a beautiful ride uh, from Sedona out through the, the back country, we call it, uh, real close to the Red Rock formations. Uh, it's about a 50-minute drive out there. You spend a, a solid hour at the ruins themselves and uh, dive deep into that history and that culture, and then you have that same beautiful ride on the way back. It's about three hours. And all you right. do end up with that spa treatment with all that lovely red dust. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> That's right. There you go. All right, so another route that is common and popular. Well, our most, our most popular tour is certainly the Broken Arrow Tour. That's our signature tour. Uh, that, uh, that's pretty well known, and that is a four-wheel drive off-road adventure. You do get into some rock crawling on that. We take the Jeeps up and over the Red Rock. We get them into 45-degree uh, angles and twisty, turny, all kinds of things. Uh, you'd be surprised what those vehicles can do. But that's a real thrill. That's, uh, that's a lot of fun, very popular for, for children of all ages. Did I read, say. too, that's, that that's, uh, ex that's People exclusive. really love that one. That one's exclusive to you. Is that what I read on the website? That is exclusive to us. We have uh, we have an agreement with the uh, Red Rock Ranger District, the Forest Service here, and we we help maintain that trail. Um, we invest a lot of time and, and energy into taking care of the trails that we use. We know we share them with everybody, and uh, we do our part to uh, make sure they they stay in good shape for everybody's use. That sounds like an awesome trip. That'll be the one we do next. Is it too scary? On, sc yeah, on a yeah. scale of 1 to 10, how scary is that? Yeah, if I bring Jennifer, will she be the first one that ever asks to get out of the Jeep and walk? <laughs> she would not be the first one to ask, <laughs> no. And, uh, and it, it's, not a, it's not real scary. Like I said, it's a thrill. Um, you, 
mostly it's a it's just a, a surprise that you you come away with a respect for what those vehicles can do and what our drivers can do. Uh, it's not a scare fest though. It, it's a great time. And y'all are are in the actual Jeep vehicles, right? What are y'all currently using right now? Uh, they are uh, Jeep Wranglers. You bet. Okay. And uh, our, our fleet, we, we keep them in good shape. Uh, I think several years, different years and models worth of, uh, of vehicles uh, that are still operating in our fleet, but they are all Wranglers. And y'all get the Wrangler and then rip the roof off? We do. We take off the roof. Uh, we, uh, we custom build that canopy that you see. It's, it's open air, which is great. You feel like you're right there uh, in the wilderness, in the environment. And uh, we do a lot of upgrades to the suspension. Of course, that's reinforced quite a bit. And, uh, and naturally, that, uh, that coat of pink paint. We do all that in-house. Y'all do, right there in Sedona? We do, right here. That's cool. So you take a brand-new Wrangler and you chop it up. Open it up, create the new lifted seating, new suspension, paint it pink, and you're ready to go. That's it. I love we it. sure do, and and we have some patents uh, that we're also proud of in that process. So there, you know, some people tease us about the color, but it really is a monster truck under there with just wearing a a pink coat of paint. That's it. But they're they're impressive. Well, it's worked for you, the pink. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Indeed. And, and, and so the the after the Broken Arrow, what is the more popular route? You know, another really popular tour is we call it the Scenic Rim, and that's exactly what it sounds like. That is a scenic ride up the Mogollon Rim here in Sedona, uh, about a thousand foot elevation gain, and that's just views, views, mm. views. You're in the shadow of the Red Rocks there. Um, that's uh, that's a really great tour as well and there's a lot of history uh yeah. speaking of history there's a lot of that on that on that trail as well now that it, that isn't just schnebly hill road is it it is okay we, we travel up schnebly hill road for that tour and uh that follows closely along the munn's wagon trail and that's really where the history comes into play munn's wagon trail uh, was the early route from sedona to flagstaff uh the munn's family lived in the Verde Valley, lived here in the Sedona area, ended up, um, I guess, founding Munns Park, named after the Munns family. And that route made its way up uh, up the Mogollon Rim to Flagstaff. That's where the railroad was. So a lot of those early Sedona folks were farmers, and they'd take their wares up and, and ship it out on the railroad. And that was the route. So that, that tour follows that trail loosely. Uh, we talk a lot about the history there in addition to the views. You know, when I see a road like that, Rob, I always wonder about the guy that first started cutting it. I mean, there, there's yeah. there, there, there's some there's some hair-raising couple points on that road. You just have to think, okay, he's probably doing it with a horse-drawn grader, uh, riding this thing that's just bucking like a, a, a rodeo wild horse and trying to cut into the side of that mountain in a way engineering-wise, where you're scraping the top and allowing it to fall down so you have a place for your wheels to roll so you can keep on going down the road. Th those guys must have just been monster men. Hardy souls. <laughs> I, I agree with you 100%. When I think about uh, what the, the, the pioneers, the frontiersmen, the challenges they faced, men and women, just uh, mm. taming the land, if you will, but, but 
making lives for themselves, just as you're describing the, the back-breaking work, it's, it's impressive. Yeah, just reading Sedona's biography, oh, a wonderful uh, exploration of local history. All right, well, Rob, I, I can't let you go without asking you a couple really personal, private, secret questions. <laughs> You're not obligated. <laughs> so, okay. All right. So all the guides meet. No one has booked a ride the whole day. You have all the Jeeps, all the guides. You get to go anywhere you want. Where does Rob take his guides? <laughs> well, let's give it up. See. Come on, give it up. <laughs> you know, I, I really like uh, Volte Arch Road. We do offer a tour that heads out Volte Arch Road, but even beyond that, you know, one of the amazing things about Sedona is that within just a few miles of the city limits, you are in the wilderness. You are really out there. That Volte Arch Road is, is, a, is a great track to get you deep into the wilderness in just a couple of minutes. And then from there, there's hiking trails that go even deeper uh, out into the, this Red Rock region, and that's a, that's a really beautiful spot back there. Well, that was my next question. When you leave the Jeep at home, being in Sedona as long as you've been, and you're just going to you know, strap on your Camelback water pack, uh, uh, peanut butter jelly sandwich, and your boots, where's your favorite place to go? Well, I'd say a couple of things. You're only, One, you're I, only, you're, you only have about 60,000 people listening right now, so don't think you're going to give up your spot. You know, I, Um, you know i i feel very fortunate rosie uh just about out out my back door i can get on several of sedona's amazing hiking trails i I live within walking distance of cathedral rock and a a lot of the trails around that rock formation are uh, awe-inspiring so uh, my wife and i will uh you know, we'll we'll suit up. We'll get the dog ready. We'll get that that PB and J sandwich going, like you said. And uh, you know, the most fun thing is to just see where the trail takes you. Amen. It's fun to just explore too. There's uh, there's about 300 miles of hiking trails in Sedona. You you can't go wrong. That's another thing. They're they're all great. Well, Rob, I can't thank you enough for joining us here in studio this morning. Why don't you let folks know if we've whet their appetite a little bit and they'd like to participate in some of these adventures, how would they get in touch with Pink Jeep and how would they uh, scroll through the different routes that are available, pick one, and get it booked? Uh, you know, Rosie, we have a, we have a brand-new website, so I'm, I'm glad you asked. Um, the, the URL for that is pinkadventuretours.com, and... It's, uh, it's exactly what you said. You can scroll through all of our tours. It's got videos, pictures, descriptions. You can book your tours directly through the website. Uh, and, and so that's, that's just a, a perfect place to go. Uh, we have a, a call center. You can always pick up the phone and call in. Any one of our agents can describe the tours just like I did that's and awesome. uh, help you pick the one that's right for you and folks i can tell you you can't miss any tour is going to be a great view tour but i'll tell you the one thing we enjoyed a lot when we took our pink jeep tour was the story they tell the guide the driver it's an absolute fabulous family experience look them up get out there and enjoy the great state of arizona thank you rob appreciate it buddy thank you rosie thank you jennifer
house this morning in studio with Jan Deaudry. We got Gary D running the board, and he's probably going to jump in too because we're going to be talking food. You know, I worked with Gary for a long time, and this guy is a foodie. He well, is. Well, he's also a Louisiana foodie. So every Saturday morning, we start the first hour. Actually, before first hour, we get in real early, and I've got the boudin all steamed up and some good biscuits. We got butter, honey, fig jam, cane syrup. And we just Gary, have us a good time. You lied to me. You said you were Italian. I did? When, when did I say I was Italian? <laughs> you even forgot. <laughs> I mean, he's probably a little bit of everything. Just kidding. I, I just want to see if you were up this morning. No, just I, I'm wide awake. I, I did mention the term muffalata. That's a great Italian sandwich in New Orleans. Yes. I love those. So. Exactly. Good out, Gary. So, <laughs> so Jan, we're going to talk yeah. lemons today. We're doing lemons. We think recipes. We think Jan Diantri. Oh, th- you're calling me a lemon? No. And, you know, I didn't need this this morning. <laughs> No, I was thinking recipe, Jan Diotri. Jan, you're turning red. Don't worry about it. I'm fine. We're family. <laughs> um, you know what? I was thinking about this lemon here that we have sitting in front of us, and I'm not sure I could cook as well without lemons in my life. I use them for everything. I love putting a whole lemon in my chicken soup. Most people go, what are you talking about? But, you know, you always hear that, oh, this lemon brightens up this salad or brightens up this this vinaigrette. But the lemon actually does brighten up and intensifies the flavor of chicken broth. So I love it for that. Without making it taste like lemon. doesn't taste like lemon at all. It just enhances everything. Okay, I'm going to try it. And I make really good chicken soup. No doubt. You know, so so one whole lemon in there. And then there's a difference between, you know, putting using lemon zest and lemon juice. Two completely different flavor pro- profiles. What I did today is I made you something with lemon juice. Boy, In honor you. of Arizona. Yes. And the Arizona Egg Farmers, because this has four eggs in it. Um, it's lemon squares. And you guys already snuck one. Two. Three. Oh, man. Very oh, yummy. Here it comes four. Super easy recipe, everyone. You're going to probably have it on your website. Yes, we'll have it on the website and put up on Facebook today. It's a great recipe for big game day, for gift, um, when you want something a little tangy and a little sweet. It's really, really easy. It starts with a shortbread bottom. As you cook that, you're whipping together the eggs and the sugar and a little bit of baking powder and some salt. And you mix that together, pour that on top right back in the oven. And tell us you had a preference on the pan. I do. I use the tin pan instead of the uh, glass pan. And, you know, usually I like the glass pan because I like to see through it and make Mm -hmm. sure it doesn't burn. But for some reason, and I'm not sure why, but the the tins to work better. So, but they're great. And you can get about 24 squares depending on, you know, what kind of an appetite you have out of one recipe. So really, really a cool thing to combine our Arizona egg farmers and our citrus. That is just great. Hey, would you do us a favor? What? Would you come in once a month and give us a recipe? What do you think? Twist my arm. Is it a date? Twist my arm. What do you think, Gary? Yeah, I I twist both arms. (laughs) (laughs) Ow, ow. You got it. (laughs) Don't you love having Jan in studio? Thank you, Jan. That was awesome. She brightens the day. I think Jan, yellow, bright, sunny. (laughs) (laughs) Lemons. Yeah. Uh, So she's going to come in once a month and just share whatever. um, Well, it'll... It'll follow whatever is in harvest for the season. If you have our home maintenance calendar and you look at the garden to-dos, it talks about what's being harvested each month. Last month, we were talking citrus. Next hour here, we have the Russo Family Farms in. We're going to be talking carrots with the Arizona Farm Bureau. Next month is garlic. I don't remember what's in April. (laughs) May is dairy, 
June is beef or or vice versa. One of those is the dairy month, but we do uh, cattle back to back. So each, so, so she'll have a recipe following that segment on here's what, you know, it, it'll be the Farm Bureau where you can get it and wh- how to grow it. Then it'll be Jan talking about how to cook it and serve it to the family. Have you seen her and Facebook And your kids one? will eat broccoli. <laughs> she does a one-minute kitchen on Facebook and just shoots you right through a little a recipe. She does a great job. Makes you hungry every time. So, hey, staycation. We've Arizona changed staycation. Time to sign up again because we have a Sedona staycation we're putting together. And, boy, do we have a nice package. Uh, did we already have the winner for Sedona? No. I think we draw the third week. Is that right? Yeah, Sedona oh. should have been drawn. So oh, we're that? entering now for Ramsey Canyon. Okay, sorry about and that. And March is... Sierra Vista staycation. Well, the winner gets to stay at the Orchard Inn, just on the main drag there in Sedona, just above La Berge and just above the river. Yeah. Uh, Just a beautiful place. They get a couple passes to the Pink Jeep Tour. The Orchard Inn. I don't know that one. Just look it up online. It's beautiful. I didn't really know it either, but once you see it, you'll never forget it. Okay. Great views. A pool that just sits right on the edge of the, you know, the desert. Mm. Is there an orchard? You know... That's not a fair question, Romy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Do you get to walk around and pick apples? <laughs> well, you know, the history of the whole area was um, orchards. People came there first for the water. The, the homesteaders and the settlers came for the water, and then that turned to ranchers. And then when the mining and the everything came, uh, tourists. The lo- loggers. Well, the tourists didn't come to after World War II. It was, yeah. all, it was all working community. Anyway, so Sedona Staycation. You will also get um, if uh, state park passes and a gift basket from Sibley West. And Sibley w- Sibley's West has a nice website, but they're in Chandler. Thousands of products, Arizona-made only. And they actually carry a couple of items from Sedona, from the Sedona artists. And every staycation starts and ends at Sanderson Ford, where you get to pick out the vehicle of your choice that they have available in the demo lot. So you've got the Sanderson Ford vehicle. You've got the Housing set up, lodging at Orchards Inn. You've got passes to the Pink Jeep Tours. You've got a gift card to pay for all the gas. And you've got a gift basket from Sibley's. That is just February's Arizona, Rosie on the House, Sanderson Ford Staycation. So So sign up now for the next month for the Sierra Vista one because, boy, we have a really great package for that as well. And if you will text us at 411-923-923. First four uh, people to text will get two state park passes each. Fantastic.